Marketplace is produced in association with the University of Southern California. The financial bailout watchdog has spoken, and that TARP profit the U.S. government's been bragging about? Not so much. So far, taxpayers are still owed more than $100 billion. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace. Marketplace is supported by Carbonite, providing automatic and encrypted online backup solutions for home and small business computers. Learn more at Carbonite.com. And by Reputation.com, offering patented protection for the online reputations of professionals and businesses, now including reputation assessments. Learn more at Reputation.com. From the Frank Stanton Studios in Los Angeles, I'm Tess Vigland in for Kai Rizdahl. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday. It is the 25th day of April. Our financial acronym of the day is SIGTARP. It stands for Special Inspector General for the Troubled Asset Relief Program. A woman named Christy Romero writes this quarterly report to Congress on the progress of the 2008 bailout program, the TARP. It's never a rosy read because it tends to run counter to the Treasury Department's spin on the success of the bailout. One part of today's report caught our eye. Community banks are having trouble paying back their TARP funds. We asked our New York Bureau Chief Heidi Moore to find out why. Glenn Jamron is the president of Alpine Banks, a group of 37 small banks in picturesque western Colorado. He says he got into community banking for the community and not the banking. In 2009, TARP money helped Alpine Banks survive the real estate crisis. We were able to deal with bad loans, get them cleaned up, move on to conducting positive, good, new business and taking care of customers instead of dealing with problems. Jamron's bank is now profitable, but he's not rushing to pay back TARP just yet. He wants to keep growing his bank, maybe add new branches, and TARP is only charging him 5% interest on the loan. He's not likely to find a deal like that elsewhere. It sounds like it's an insurance policy for you. To some degree. It allowed us to continue to serve our customers and our communities no matter how bad things got. A lot of community banks like Alpine haven't yet paid back TARP for the same reason. It's hard for them to get money somewhere else. Joshua Siegel started a firm, Stone Castle Partners, to invest in community banks. To wean small banks off of TARP, there need to be more like him. But it's a lot of work to put in a relatively small amount of money. The problem is for most large investors, 7 or $8 million isn't worth the time. There's another option for community banks. The government created a new program last year to encourage them to take longer-term loans. Ironically, a lot of the banks use those new loans to pay back TARP. In New York, I'm Heidi Moore for Marketplace. There was something new in today's latest economic outlook from the Federal Reserve. They added a brief qualifying phrase to their chronically dismal view of the housing market. The central bankers now report, quote, "...some signs of improvement." As our senior business correspondent Bob Moon tells us, some economists are interpreting those four words as evidence the country's long-struggling housing market has finally bottomed out. Don't get your hopes up too much. Moody's economist Mark Zandi says it could still take many years for prices to return to their peak of six years ago. The crash is over, but we're a long way from what you might call healthy or normal. Indeed, despite their hopeful spin today, Fed policymakers kept the phrase they've been repeating month after month. The housing sector remains depressed. At Bank of Tokyo Mitsubishi, economist Chris Rupke thinks that's relative. We're depressed in terms of, you know, we're not back to where we were, and maybe we don't need to be at this point. With the improving jobs picture and rising consumer confidence, Rupke's convinced housing prices will stabilize this year and soon get back to more normal pricing growth. Starting in 2013, they go up 
say, 3%. 2014, 4%. 2015, maybe they go up 5%. So it slowly starts to rebuild here. Wellesley College housing expert Carl Case, one of the names behind the Case-Shiller Index, says prices are stabilizing because of a paradox. There aren't enough homes to satisfy demand in the most desirable neighborhoods. Sellers are dug in and they're holding out because they know they've got something good that may come back in time. Case says he's more optimistic than his colleague, Yale professor Robert Schiller, who was quoted yesterday as saying he fears the housing market could languish for a generation. At the National Association of Home Builders, economist David Crow also doubts that. If you're very, very ill, you don't pop out of bed the next day. But I don't think it's going to stretch out over a decade or even longer. And Carl Case thinks.